Alright, welcome to Shifting Perspectives Podcast, the PA Cyber student-run show where we interview someone and shift their perspective throughout discussion and storytelling. Speaking of storytelling, today we have Kathy Miller-Haynes, an American novelist and actor known for a Rosie Winter series of mystery novels. She was also nominated for an Edgar Award in 2012 for Best Young Adult Novel. Kathy is a powerhouse in creativity. With that being said, we hope you enjoy. Here are your hosts for today's episode. So the first question that we have for you is what inspired you to get into writing and why mysteries? Um, well, I have always wanted to write since I was probably in third grade. Um, I It's just something that was a, a creative outlet for me. I was kind of a shy kid. And so it was a way to sort of disappear into that um, interior imagination and go on adventures without actually having to interact with people. <laughs> um, and as I got older, I realized it was the thing that I really wanted to try to do was to tell stories. Um, I went through the University of Pittsburgh's uh, master's in uh, fiction writing program. And during that program, I thought I was going to write like the great next literary novel. <laughs> Because it's a literary program, and we were all sort of hoping that you know, we were creating this great art. And when I left the program, I had this sort of unpublishable mess of a book that I had written for it. And I tried to sell it, tried to get an agent, and I wasn't having any luck. And the responses that I was getting back, um, by and large, seemed to all indicate that my plot was an issue. And Having read mysteries, having always enjoyed mysteries, I know that mysteries are incredibly plot dependent. And so I decided that the best way to teach myself how to get better at plotting a novel would to be to read a bunch of mysteries. And so that's what I did. I, I set up on a course to read some of the, the best writers out there. And um, once I was done sort of ingesting all this information from all those, this great writing, I decided uh, to put into practice what I'd learned and I tried to, my hand at writing a mystery novel. And that was my first published novel, The War Against Miss Winter. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting how you went from like your, what you called messy to like publishing your mysteries and everything. So from going from being an author, what made you want to get into acting? You know, I actually was an actor kind of before I was um, really a writer. I did a lot of acting in high school, and uh, it was just something that continued during my time in college and graduate school and then beyond then. Um, again, it was just one of those things where I could sort of disappear uh, into my imagination, whereas I was very uncomfortable speaking in front of people if I was myself. I was very comfortable on stage being a character. Uh, because it wasn't myself and so there was a, a sort of freedom to that and when i moved to pittsburgh uh, for graduate school this was a way for me to sort of find my people was to become part of the acting community here uh, and so I, I did that for quite a while until i had kids and covid and all these other things sort of came along and um it wasn't something that i felt like i needed to do anymore that's cool it's like you had two different but creative kind of career paths that you've had going through exactly and, and they really informed one another in a lot of ways my first series was about a community of actors during world war ii and so i was really pulling from my knowledge of what it was like to be part of a theater community in order to write those books um so i definitely am grateful that i've had both experiences right what brought you into pennsylvania for your career Ah, um, you know, graduate school is what brought me here as well as a man. Uh, my husband 
grew up in Latrobe, and we met um, while we were both in Texas for undergraduate. And we both happened to get into graduate programs in Pittsburgh. So um, the ultimate decision was made to move up here, and we eventually got married. Uh, I really like Pennsylvania. I grew up in South Texas, and well, um, I have a lot of love for parts of Texas, uh, having four seasons and having just this very different cultural life that's present in Western PA was something that I, I really gravitated toward. That's pretty cool that you found uh, Pennsylvania to be one of those places. That, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of stuff did you grow up reading? Was it mysteries or was it different? or? Um, I think it was a little bit of everything. When I was growing up, not to date myself, but um, there wasn't the sort of YA that there is today. Um, you sort of had to find other authors to entertain you outside of, within the adult writing world. Um, and so I was reading things that would be unusual maybe to see a young person reading today. I was reading a lot of Stephen King. I was reading, there was a uh, an author by the name of V.C. Andrews who wrote these really salacious books. Um, they, they were these—they weren't really romances, but they're these really sort of trashy um, family drama books. And I was really into those as a as a pretty young teen. Um, and then my sister was always reading some sort of trash romance or thriller, and so I would sneak into her room and, and take different books that she was reading. So I was really feeding myself a lot of that kind of material. Um, not not really mysteries to that point, um, but my my mom sort of wrongly assumed that the safest movies that we could watch were old movies because she seemed to think that you know nothing was going on in those movies, and so we were fed this steady diet of like films from the 1930s and 40s. And while that wasn't necessarily what triggered my interest in mysteries, it did trigger my interest in the historical time period that I ended up setting most of my books in. The childhood stuff that you read and even watched shaped what you like to do and write today. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really well, cool. Were, you I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say there were a couple of YA authors during that time, and they were largely mystery writers. Lois Duncan was one who was quite popular. Um, when I was a kid, and I did devour all of her books, but you just didn't have like the endless supply of YA that you have today. Oh, nice. So our next question is, if your kids like reading, what type of books do do they like to read? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I have a non-reader in my family, which makes me very oh. sad. Uh, I, I, I own a 13-year-old boy, and if you've been around boys that age, some of them just don't like reading. Um, he's very drawn, however, to uh, nonfiction. He does like to read about uh, different historical periods and that kind of thing. My daughter is only eight, and she's still kind of in the early chapter books. Um, but I really loved sort of introducing her to some of my favorite books from when I was that age. So a lot of Beverly Cleary um, and those kind of things. And she's really gotten into the Babysitter Club's books. Um, so we've been reading some of those together. Uh, but I, I'm not sh quite sure where her interests are going to go from here. I'm, I'm excited to find out. And I do desperately hope that my son at some point learns to love fiction. That's pretty funny that... <laughs> You're an author, and <laughs> yeah. only one of your kids really yeah. fiction. 
Yeah, and I, I, I had to explain it to his teacher, too. I was like, this is just humiliating. <laughs> like, <laughs> write fiction, and he wants nothing to do with it. I mean, he likes telling people I'm a writer, but that's about it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, kind of a follow-up question to that is, do your kids know that that you're famous? Well, not famous. <laughs> so that, um... That is very clear. Um, I'm, a, I'm what we would call maybe a mid-list writer, um, probably lower down the list even than that. But they do know that I am a published writer. Um, they have seen my books. They have, you know, interacted with them and asked about them. My son is finally at an age where should he want to read my YA mysteries, he could. Um, so, you know, they're, they're familiar with the fact that I've written these stories. They know that I'm currently writing things, although I don't talk about what I'm currently working on. Um, so yeah they they have an understanding of that and they also know that i teach writing okay so kind of going off the topic of your kids now (laughs) um (laughs) could you explain what the edgar award is and how it felt to be nominated for a 2012 edgar award for best young adult novel absolutely so um most of the different genres like horror and romance and mystery and science fiction and fantasy they all have different major organizations that are associated with them so in my instance it's the mystery writers of america and they give out um the the sort of patron saint of mysteries is edgar Allan poe they credit him with having written the first mystery story um and so their their big award basically their oscars of mystery writing is called the edgar award and it's presented once a year um and so they you know Publishers submit people who they think should be in the running for the reward, and then the Edgar Committee um, whittles that down to like, I think it's like six um, books that they think should be considered in each category. And then those are the books that are shortlisted for the award. So I was very fortunate in that my first YA novel was shortlisted for the YA Edgar Award. Um, It was pretty amazing i i never in a million years thought that i would get on the list and then to see that i was and to find out that my publisher was going to send me to new york for the ceremony and that i was going to be in a room with um people like neil gaiman and all these other folks that had been nominated for awards it was it was pretty overwhelming um it was a very very special uh time I'm very excited about it that it happened you know i would have loved to have won but uh, a very deserving novel won the award that year in my category. Um, it was, but it was just a thrill to be part of that community that was there for that event. That's really cool that you were, um, like, everything happened and then you didn't think that you, you were going to get the um, the award, but it was a good opportunity and, and an honor. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like one of those surreal moments of your life where- Oh, definitely was. Definitely was. My husband's an audio engineer, and the same year that I was up for the Edgar, a song he worked on won a Grammy. So (laughs) we were both just didn't think. It was a good year. (laughs) Very good year, 2012, yeah. So what age did you start writing? Um, I think that probably third grade was when I first, like, really started writing down stories and really thinking of myself as wanting to be able to tell a story from the beginning, middle, and end. Just saying that that's really impressive that you started writing in third grade. Oh, thanks. (laughs) They were not good stories, so don't be too impressed. (laughs) 
I I was just gonna say that um that's kind of around the same time. I want I want to be an author too. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So it was. It's interesting how like writing just kind of carries on throughout your life. Like once you're able to start right. writing, sometimes as authors, like you realize that you want to be an author really young, and it just kind of keeps going. So that's messed right. up. I guess that kind of brings us to the next question. Um, do you feel like you've reached your goals? <laughs> um, no. I, I mean, I, I've taken a long break from publishing. I, I My last book came out in, I think, 2017. Um, and I've written things since then. Um, COVID hit, and that screwed up everything for everyone. Um, so, yeah, I really um, am anxious to get something out there again. There's some projects that were sort of lost in COVID that I would like to get back out there because I think they're worthy of publication. Um, there's new stuff I'm working on that I'm excited about. So, you know, I definitely want to continue writing. Um, but, you know, having experienced the, the chance to be published and be published by a major author, I mean, that was a, by a major publisher. That in itself was such an overwhelming, great experience. And I, I know so many writers don't get the opportunity to experience that. So in that regard, you know, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I've achieved, but there's definitely more to come, I hope. So what things, what kind of things have you done for acting? Uh, for acting, it's, it's primarily been just theater. So, um, you know, plays on stages um, in in this area, as well as when I lived down in Texas. Um, I did do a little bit of uh, TV work at one point, but nothing of any significance that I want to talk about. Um, and then I was also a playwright, which um, my, my plays have been produced much more widely than I have performed as an actor. So I've had plays in New York and in other states uh, that have been performed. Oh, nice. So... Did you write these plays? I did, yes. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, what's, like, your favorite show or role that you've had? Or been a part of? Um, hmm. Gosh, it's been so long. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, uh... I was in a play a long, 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 long time ago by Sam Shepard called A Lie of the Mind that was sort of near and dear to my heart. Um, but that's really the only one that really comes to mind. I also did a, a ton of improv comedy over the years. Uh, and a lot of those performances, while they're not, you know, things that are obviously written down, um, are very near and dear to my heart just because of the energy that you capture with the audience and the adrenaline rush of sort of pulling things out of thin air. Um, so those were all very special too. For our last question, um, if you could talk to your past self, what advice would you give yourself? And kind of what advice would you give students like us or maybe people who want to start writing or acting? Um, well, the first thing is to actually focus on the project. If you want to be a writer, you have to be a reader. Um, you have to absorb what's out there and figure out what it is you like in a book in order to be able to write a book. 
Um, if you want to be an actor, it's a similar process in terms of knowing what's out there and what the different avenues are to get parts and to find out about castings and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think the hardest part of being both an actor and a writer is the rejection. That once you have created something, whether it be a book or an audition piece, that to know that somebody has turned you down is, is really, really hard. Um, and I think that the key to both career paths is persistence, to believing in yourself, to realizing that each no is going to hopefully lead you to a yes. Um, there's a, a saying in Japanese martial arts, um, fall down seven times, get up eight. And I think that's incredibly relevant to any creative pursuit is that you're going to get knocked down a bunch of times. And they could be for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with you or your creation. You know, I've not been cast in things before because I reminded somebody of an ex-girlfriend, um, for example. You know, these are things beyond your control. Somebody might be in a bad mood the day your manuscript hits their desk. Um, don't take that no as the final say on something. But at the same time, listen to criticism. You know, you need to be open to other people's feedback um, in order to improve yourself in any aspect of your life, but particularly in your creative pursuits. Um, and I think that's really hard, you know, to, to be able to listen to criticism, to not take it personally, and to be confident enough in yourself that you're willing to work and improve your craft. Well, that's really good advice. Yeah, that's very inspirational, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy, for spending some time with us today. We learned a lot, and we are looking forward to reading more about you and whatever future projects you have in the future. Thank you so much. Uh, it was delightful to talk to you guys, and I wish you best of luck with the rest of the podcast. Now, it's time to shift perspectives. interviewing Kathy Miller Haynes. So everyone, you you heard what she had to say about her story to become a published author and like all the hoops she had to jump through to become one. So like how does that influence like any po possible future like careers of yours? Well huh? personally um, it influenced me because I want to be an author too and it really like shine a lot a light on how um how it actually is how it's not like you get you go through like two or three people and then boom you're published it's not as easy as that you know mm-hmm yeah i remember like i think that like was it was it like Harry Potter was only pups? This might just be like a legend around the Harry Potter books, but I believe like Harry Potter was only published because like the head publisher guy's daughter, like the story or something. Like, yeah, it was denied like seven times, I think. I think JR or JK Rowling went to like multiple publishers and was denied like multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know they are. JK Rowling used that that name like just the ab abbreviations JK because 
she she was a woman and most books wouldn't sell like that yeah exactly which is which is very interesting how that works you know yeah <laughs> yeah a lot i it's interesting how a lot of especially female writers use like their initials or just a pen name because like if like charlotte weaver or whatever that name won't sell as well as cw it's interesting we could incorporate that maybe and talk about a little bit about like um you know female writers and their struggle with getting published mm -hmm. i think part of it is like like sometimes it sounds cooler like jk rowling really cool like it's an abbreviation it's like how mm -hmm. sometimes people go by dw or jv like those kind of sound cooler than the person's regular name sometimes and yeah it so might even sound more mm -hmm. professional too so in terms so as not all of us want to be like writers or authors in the future like how has hearing how difficult it is to be like an author impacted like your journey in discovering what you want to do I would say that it inspired me more because she was talking about she went through all of these, um, like had all of these opportunities and things that happened in, in her life, and she's still not her 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 goals, but she's got in pretty far, especially with the um, whole award thing, and it inspired me to to know that I I might not get right into the path that I that I want to get in but it's will like come after time I think it really shows like perseverance on her part um and it's kind of made me think hey don't give up on this one thing if like if you really want to do it you just have to keep going and you can't just give up and just because you hear a no like what she said just because you hear a no doesn't mean it's necessarily um, your fault, or maybe it's just, this isn't my time, or this isn't the publisher for me. They just aren't into what I, what I'm thinking. So you go and you go and try again, and you go and you keep going until you finally reach your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for me, I always knew being a writer would be super hard if I was going to do that, because I, sometimes, like, I'll write little tiny stories or longer ones. I like writing and I've always known that that would be super hard if I did it but I guess with her story it kind of kind of made me feel more encouraged about doing that because she kind of went she's not like a super popular writer and it kind of inspired me that you don't have to be a super popular writer to write and publish things that people enjoy and I guess that was really cool for me Mm-hmm. and like I liked, like, the reality check that she gave us all, that, like, not all, most authors have a, have a day job. It's not like you get to sit at home and write all day. You have a, a job you also need to go and do while you write. I think that's with, like, most dream jobs. Like, like, I think, like, some YouTubers, like, um, have, like, jobs. And, like, when they're first starting out, when they don't make a lot enough money to support them and i feel like it's kind of weird to realize oh that person probably has another job because like it's that whole saying like um this is my job and this is my career a career is something like that you enjoy and your job is just something you do to make money like mm -hmm. that idea 
some people might like some people say like if you enjoy your job you won't never work a day in your life kind of thing and so maybe her day job is like you said a job but if her writing career it's something she enjoys and so it's not really like a job to her it's more like I don't want to say a hobby but something she does to express herself rather than just paying the bills mm-hmm. so does like anyone else here want to go into like a similar like art art like arty career like visual arts is that the correct term i think it is like yeah, yeah. because most i'd say most visual art jobs are like this where you have to have like a day job to even make ends meet yeah, and sometimes, sometimes that's not even enough. Like, sometimes um, your creative job doesn't even do enough where you can only have one other job, you know? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't take off, and that that's when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like if you have, like, an artsy job, that's something you, 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 you do it before you actually go to, like, college and things like that, so you, you kind of, like, carry it on and do it a little bit more seriously, but you may also need a other job that makes you some more money to support you. I don't know if it counts as visual art or not, but I definitely want to get into like a career with music or singing or songwriting kind of thing. And it also shows you like with a publisher, you have a record label kind of people where you put your music out there and no one picks up on it yet. So you have to really just keep on going. And when you, with music, you have to make something, you don't have to make it for other people to like it. You just have to like it. And that's the same thing with writing. You don't want to make sure you please yourself before you please everyone else. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes, because if you, if you focus especially in artistic careers whether that's like performing arts visual arts i guess audio arts if you focus too much on like pleasing the masses who you're never going to be able to fully please you're going to end up burning yourself out to the point where you don't want to do it anymore yeah you definitely don't want to get to the point where it's like well no one else likes it so why am i even doing it or like you said, like burning yourself out. Like you want to do it as long as it's fun for you. And you don't want to go so hard and try so hard to please everyone when you can never please everyone that you're not going to like it anymore and that you're just doing it to do it or doing it for the money or whatever it is. Like do it because you want to. It reminds mm-hmm. me of there is an episode of I think it was like Victorious and Nickelodeon. And like the the premise of the episode was they were in acting school and she was supposed to act out the scene and the teacher kept telling her like the entire class was like no that's a terrible scene you did it all wrong and she kept going more and more and more about it and the lesson was she had to say I don't care what you guys think I did an awesome job and I think it's a really good scene and that was their whole test and that's how they got an A and Part of me was like, that's not how school works. Your teacher actually does have to tell you if you did a good job. But I still got the point of it, and I think it's a really great point. I 100% agree. And I believe that's all the time we have left for today's discussion. And now we will move on to the story portion. Thank you all for discussing with us.
Now, it's time to shift perspectives. Oh no, my voice box is damaged. Wait, what? The walrus just stopped attacking. Well, that's thanks to me. I'm Sunrise from Spa. Why does it matter you came from a spa? SPA, Super Protection Agency. It's a spy agency. A spy agency? Yep. Why are you here then? I need help. My agency has found the cure for the radioactive walruses, but someone has stolen it. Are you sure we can trust her, sir? I'm not sure. Here is my ID badge. You can look over it if you need. Intro, scan this ID badge and make sure it's real. Scanning. Scanning. I don't know how much will come up. We are a secret spy agency after all. Scanning. Intro will find something. Scanning. Real name, Katie Wellman, spy for SPA, the Super Protection Agency. How do you know my real name? Enter as a supercomputer. Supercomputers know a lot. To move on from the fact that that's top secret information and you shouldn't be able to access it, now do you trust me? I think we should. My agency has tracked the cure to a random building 1,000 miles east from here. Let's go. Watch out. Anyone could have stolen this cure. Hurry. Spy agents are sure to close in on our trail. Sunset! Who? A spy from an opposing agency. Why would they want the cure? There are probably more spies here too. Eventually the spies ran away out of exhaustion and the cure has got, was gotten back. Phew, that was it. That was tough. Sure was, but now we have the cure. Finally, we can go back and relax. Back at the lab. We can finally cure all the walruses now. I better take this back to headquarters so we can distribute it. Maybe you all can help with that too. I'll ask if you want. Wait, before you go, do you think that you can make Wally human again? Maybe. It would make sense. Intro, do you know if it could? Scanning. Yes, it could cure Wally. What will Wally choose? His normal civilian life or life as a walrus crime fighter? Find out next time on the originals of the Wild Man slash Shifting Perspective.